0: Welcome to the Starting Line Church Sermons Podcast. Here at Starting Line Church, we are all about helping people embrace that there is more to life through Jesus. This sermon was first given at Starting Line Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Hey everybody, welcome to Starting Line Church. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms, mother figures and influential women out there, whether you are a mom, an aunt, a community leader, a mother figure to to someone in your life, uh, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for the impact that you have on the world and on our lives. Where today can be a really special day, we also recognize that it can be a difficult day for some. So if that's you, we want you to know that we are with you, we are praying for you, and we are lifting you up. This week, uh, we get to conclude our But God series where we have been looking at many different places and situations in the Bible where this phrase exists. We've come to realize that there are these moments where things are going a certain way, but we watch God step in and intervene in the middle of it to bring us hope and new beginnings. If you've missed any of these sermons uh, in this series, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to them on our podcast or watch them online um, just to get caught up. Because it's been really cool just to see all these different places and all these different moments where God showed up in these unexpected ways throughout history. Today we're in our last week of our series and our story is going to come from the book of Acts. Um, Acts is, the, is located after the Gospels, which are the books of the Bible that document the life of Jesus. And, and this book is all about the foundation and the building of the church. Jesus has risen from the dead, and after 40 days on earth with his disciples, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. They now have the Holy Spirit to guide them in this life, and before Jesus ascends back into heaven, he tells his disciples that they are now responsible for the growth and the expansion of the Christian church all over the world. They have been called by, by Jesus and instructed by Jesus himself to preach about the resurrection and to tell people about the good news of Jesus. So they start doing that and they begin doing this. And well, one day while they were doing this, Peter and John, they come across a man who was unable to walk. He was permanently in this state and he had been his entire life. And in this moment outside the temple, Peter miraculously heals this man in the name of Jesus. This guy jumps to his feet. He begins to walk. And as he's walking away, 100% healed. Everyone around who saw what happened, they're, they're amazed by this. They're like, what in the world's going on? How, how did this happen? That's where we pick up reading in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 12. And Peter, he's addressing the crowd of people. Says this Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we'd made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob, the God of all of our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. We're going to stop there. Peter, he's explaining to all of these people that he has the power to heal because of the Holy Spirit inside of him. It's not by his power. It's not by his strength. It doesn't have anything to do with him at all. It's because Jesus gave the disciples the ability through the power of his spirit. The fact that these miraculous healings are continuing to take place even after Jesus leaves earth are because it's still the power of Jesus doing them. He's not physically there, but God is alive and God is working and his spirit is working through his disciples. And that's what Peter is trying to explain here in this moment. Then he transitions and brings up the crucifixion of Jesus. Now, now remember, Jesus' trial and death had occurred right there in Jerusalem a little bit earlier. This is not long after these people were witnesses to Jesus being crucified. We, We don't know for sure the exact time frame, but thinking it was probably like a month or two after this. So it's not an event of the distant past. It was not a long time ago. Most of these people had heard what happened and some very well had taken part of the condemning of Jesus and putting him to death. So this is all very real for them. This is very current for them. And as we can see, Peter, he's making it known to everyone what they did to Jesus. They rejected him how they condemned him to die, how Pilate wanted to release him because he knew he was innocent, but the crowd, them, persuaded and demanded the release of Barabbas, the murderer, instead. If you were here on Easter, that should sound familiar as that's what we talked about that day. So Peter, he's reminding them of all of these events just in case they forgot. But why is he bringing it up in this moment? What does this have to do? What does this healing that takes place have to do with the death of Jesus? Because Peter is about to tell them something very important that seems they're unaware of at this point. He's about to drop the bomb that Jesus has risen and that he is indeed alive. Let's continue reading in verse 15. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. From what we know, this group doesn't know the news of Jesus yet. Right. There, there was no social media to share that he'd walked out of the grave. There were no pictures that could have been snapped of Jesus as proved to to him walking around with the scars still in his hands and feet. Man, I so wish I could have been in this moment a fly on the wall with this, with the crowd and the religious leaders in this moment. Because as we can see, Peter, like he's not sugarcoating anything here. Like, he's, he's pretty straight savage. Like, he looks at all of them straight in the face and calls it like it is. He says, you killed the author of life. And he meant that very literally. It was you who did this to him. It was you who killed him. But guess what? It didn't stop him. You know when you find something out that, like, you weren't expecting... And it throws you off so bad and your, your eyes kind of start to get big and your heart starts to beat a little faster and your mind starts spinning and the wheels start going in your brain. I would assume that's what's going on as Peter is telling them this news. To this point, this group thought that they had put an end to this Jesus of Nazareth when they killed him and crucified him. They thought the story was over. They thought there was going to be no more talk or really any kind of influence from him. But God had something different. But God brought Jesus back to life and there were many witnesses to this fact. And so the city of Jerusalem's confidence is now shaken because this meant that there was no way, there was no more way to harm him or stop him any longer. He won, the battle is over, it's done. After pointing out the sin and injustice of what the religious leaders had done to Jesus, Peter showed that the resurrection displayed God's triumph and power over death. And I mean, it's awesome that like Jesus stuck it to him and Peter got to watch him all squirm at this news because of it, but all of it has so much more significance than that. And the significance of it has to do with what it means for us. God raising Christ from the dead and defeating sin and death forever has to do with us. In fact, Jesus' resurrection means that we actually gain something. We actually have something because of it. And this is what Peter is explaining here. So what 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 does that mean? What does it matter? What do we have? Two things. The first one, we have resurrection power. We have resurrection power. Because of Jesus' resurrection, we have that. The religious leaders and the crowds of people in Jerusalem thought they had power. They thought they had control over the situation. That's why they felt like they won by putting Jesus to death. But it's in this moment when Peter tells them what happened, they actually see that God has the ultimate power. It's when they're told, that, uh, told at the end of the story that they see God's authority in this world. His power and authority is no match for their human power that they think they have. If you remember at the beginning of the story, this all started because the disciples healed this man who couldn't walk and people were amazed by it. They were confused. They were appalled. They were trying to figure out how it happened. And Peter explains to them that it's the power of the Holy Spirit who performed that miracle, not them. Right, we talked about at the beginning, we talked about that at the beginning, and when he brings it up at the end of his message again by reminding them, hey, remember when this man was crippled, but now he's healed? Yeah, that happened because of the resurrection power of Jesus. Jesus, not the disciples, received the credit, received the glory for the healing of this man. And by using Jesus' name, Peter showed everyone who gave. Peter, the authority and the power to do things like heal and preach and perform miracles. These guys didn't emphasize what they could do, but what God could do through them. And we see this ultimate power and authority that God has in the world so clearly because of what Jesus did on the cross and in the grave. The reality is Christ's resurrection And the miraculous healing that takes place here by the disciples, they they go together peter is trying to make the connection here that because jesus defeated the defeated death and defeated the grave that he's alive the pharisees killed him but god raised him from the dead and because jesus is alive god has given us the holy spirit here on earth to guide us and convict us and help us and give us power and because we as christ followers have the holy spirit we now have the same resurrection power that raised jesus from the dead Not by magic, not by chance, but through belief and through faith. And that means that if we are Jesus' followers, we have his power inside of us for whatever we're going through, for whatever we're facing, and for whatever fears or doubts that are ahead of us. It means that whatever is to come, we know that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us and helps us live a life pursuing Jesus and what he calls us to do. just like the disciples had the power to heal this man who couldn't walk, we have the same power through the name of Jesus because it is is God who still does miracles, still heals, and still breaks spiritual strongholds in our lives. But we have that power. So how, if we have this power, how do we lean into the resurrection power that that we possess? First, it's recognizing that we have it. Second, maybe it's praying more boldly over situations. Maybe it's praying for people more boldly, knowing that you have the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. Maybe it's recognizing God's voice when he tells you to do something or not to do something. Maybe it's having confidence that he's going to give you the words to say to someone who who doesn't know Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have resurrection power in us. We possess power in life because Jesus has given it to us through his resurrection. So let's live like we have it. Number two, we have resurrection power, but we have new life. We have new life. Peter tells them, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Through that promise, that but God moment, we have new life. Just like we have resurrection power... We have new life because of Christ's victory over the grave. What does that mean for us? It means that we don't have to earn righteousness or perfection, but we have been made righteous through the blood of Jesus. It means that we have been saved and we get to live forever in heaven with our Savior. New life means no more pain, no more tears, no more destruction, no more grief in heaven one day. It means that we get to live eternally with Jesus Christ. When our earthly body fades away, our souls get to experience everlasting life that never ever ends. When we are Christians, death on earth is not the end. That is an incredible hope, an incredible promise we have that's unlike anything else in the world. The God we serve gave his life for us and then defeated the grave So we could live and give to give us new life. Jesus didn't raise back to life for his sake. He didn't defeat death because he was trying to like make a cool power move or because he just felt like it. There was a greater plan. There was a greater purpose for why the miracle, why this miracle of all miracles took place. And it was so we could experience new life life and that's what Peter's declaring here he's saying hey in the same way Jesus was risen we too will rise again one day giving us new life giving us abundant hope that he's also coming back to make all things new and to restore and heal the broken you killed the author of life but God raised him from the dead We have Christ's resurrection power and new life in him because of this promise right here. Because what the world did to Jesus was not the end. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that through your miracle of raising from the dead, We have resurrection power. We have new life. We thank you that your resurrection means that we possess those things. We gain those things. We have those things to walk in through our lives. God, I pray that we would live like it. That we would recognize these things that we have and that we would walk in them confidently. I pray that we would lean into you. Lean into the promise we have in you. We thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. We thank you for your these disciples who have spread the message of, of you so early so we could hear about it. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, we'll see you next week as we begin our DNA series. Thanks for listening to our sermon podcast. If you want to learn more about Starting Line Church or to help support our ministry here, check us out at www.startingline.church.